0: Welcome to the One Life Maps podcast. Here's your host and co-author of Listen to My Life, Maps for Recognizing and Responding to God in My Story, Sharon Swing.
1: Greetings, everyone. This is Sharon Swing. I'm co-author, along with Sybil Towner, of Listen to My Life, Maps for Recognizing and Responding to God in My Story. And today I have with me some of my favorite people. I have Lori Schultz. Hi there. And Joan Kelly. Hello, everybody. And Gail Donahue. Hello. Oh, my goodness. We're in for a treat today. Um, Lori Schultz uh, is the producer of Sybil's Book Club, which is a pretty cool uh, once-a-month conversation around a book that somehow is at the intersection of spiritual development and life story. And uh, have conversations with Sybil about books that they've selected in that in that realm, uh, you can sign up for that on the website if you want. Joan Kelly is our Director of Facilitator Development for One Life Maps, and she is also a partner along with Gail Donahue on Sacred, which are solitude retreats. And that's what we're here to talk about today is the solitude retreats that, um, that that they do. How often do you do them? We do
2: retreats every other month. So we do a Friday and a Saturday, which are identical days, but then every other month it's a new theme. And we invite men and women and ministry teams and all sorts of folks who need to set apart some space
1: to be with God. So this is solitude and community down to some people that might sound a little bit
3: odd. Solitude and community. Gil, tell us a little bit about solitude and community. Well, when jo- Joan and I first decided to uh, move forward on this, um, it came out of a place of, of experiencing solitude within a class setting, just a few minutes, 20 minutes of solitude, and we began to see people responding um, to God in, in really unique and, and wonderful ways, and realized that they found it safe to do it in, in the context of community. Even though they were going away to be alone during that time, they knew that there were other people around that they would gather back together. And so we began to brainstorm what it would look like to create larger spaces, longer time frames, and hold that space in the context of community at the beginning and at the end, and yet time to be alone with God in between. That's right. Now, a lot of this
1: was cooked up on the way to and from the Springs, the retreat center that's Sybil and Dick Towner. Um, have together with, with another couple. And so what what were those conversations like? Because you were going back and forth for a particular reason to the springs. John. Right.
2: So Gail and I had decided to um, become a part of a cohort called Sustainable Faith. And we were exploring the idea of becoming spiritual directors. And I think we both kind of went into it going, I don't know if I want to be a spiritual director when I grow up. But I think I'm kind of doing this already with some people. And so we just said, well, let's let's go, you know, expand our listening skills in some new ways. And so Sybil's uh, retreat center was where the cohort was meeting with David Nixon was leading it and about 10, 11 people, mm-hmm. men and women. So we had a, a five hour car ride, which became really part mm-hmm. of the retreat. There was there's actually traditions that go with it the, definitely
3: the cheese caramel popcorn and stop <laughs> you know, ice cream and the, place the new direction each time oh, yes. we it was always found a new, found journey. A new New Jersey. There are lots of ways to get, to get lost
1: going to the Springs because it's kind really in the middle of nowhere. Interesting. We're spiritual directors who are directionally <laughs> challenged.
3: Um. <laughs>
1: and, yeah. The Springs, by the way, is in between uh, Indianapolis and Cincinnati, kind of toward Batesville, Indiana. Mm-hmm.
2: So, um, yes, a lot of conversations related to this topic and related to our work happened while we were going back and forth. And it was really out of that season where we decided, mm-hmm. like, huh, <laughs> I wonder if we we should explore this idea of, of doing retreats and if people had a, a longer chunk of time to get together. So Gail and I pulled away and took a day of retreat ourselves and shared our stories a little more deeply and, you know, what we were kind of dreaming about. And then we're like, well, you know, maybe in the next two or three years, we'll <laughs> do this, you know. And then as only God could do, there was a whole nother plan that was unfolding as far as the time. And all of a sudden, we're like, well, we'd need somebody, we need somebody to do a website. And we're like, who do we know that would do a website? And literally, like, the next day, Lori calls and said, Hey, I know you guys are thinking about this, like idea for a retreat. Do you, you know, I, I've done some simple websites, I'd be glad to do that. And I'm like, you would <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, we're going to have to do this now. <laughs>
1: and so some of it actually happened on a road trip when we all went to Nashville together yeah. for another
3: conference. Yeah. The website really The was website was In a built. van, yeah. I think. Yes, <laughs> In was. the back of the van. Yeah. We captive audiences. And the logo. Go ahead. Yeah. yeah. And the logo, we, you know, of course, we have to come up with a logo and again, we thought to ourselves, well, this will take us forever because we really didn't have any money to pay anybody, but we knew we needed a graphic artist. And lo and behold, literally the week that we had talked about this and kind of decided, well, maybe we'll uh move forward um i get a call and a uh, good friend don hecker it, who does not live near me but took her kids to my school she called because her car broke down in my neighborhood and could i come and pick her up now i never crossed paths with don at all but i do know that she was did know that she was a graphic artist and so on our little trips back and forth to picking up her kids i Uh, got up the courage to ask her if this would be anything she would be able to help us with. And without hesitation, she just said, yes, definitely, this would be my joy. I would love to do this, and I don't want to be paid for it. I would just love to do it for you all. And within a week, actually before we went to our next sustainable faith, uh, on our next sustainable faith journey, (laughs) she um, presented to us uh, our logo, which is the logo that we use today.
1: Yeah, and Dawn actually laid out the first uh, draft of Listen to My Life as well. She did. And, I mean, so she has been a gift to many of us who want to help further this kind of journey. So this this kind of space, I mean, the first time I experienced solitude and community was probably – I guess it was almost 20 years ago. And it was a significant time in my life because I was I was in a job that was a hair on fire leadership job. and um, And this day of solitude in community gave me a way of being held by the space and by the community in a way that I probably wouldn't have allowed myself something that I probably would have thought was frivolous at the time. And it was not only healing for my soul, but I found that as I was alone in the midst of that, that other people that I knew that were there would come to mind and I would pray for them, only to find out later in the community time that they were really struggling at those particular times that I felt prompted to pray. And I just felt this interconnection between people in the community in such, an a, such a profound and beautiful way. And I'm sure there's many stories like that. And I know Lori has gone to some of these retreats before as well. Yeah. And what's it like for
4: you to be an attender? Yeah. I Well, for me, my journey with solitude actually began with a friend of mine who actually is also now a spiritual director, Beth Bauer. And um, Beth and I were in a Bible study together for about 10 years, and she somehow decided out of, the, out of the group of us that were together that God was prompting her to invite me for a day of solitude. So I started by basically saying, me? <laughs> like, I'm not sure why out of all people I could hardly sit still for one hour of Bible study. <laughs> and um, And so I asked her how long a day was. Was my beginning. (laughs) So I got (laughs) 24 hours. Yeah. (laughs) I I whittled it. I managed to whittle it down to an hour of solitude and Uh an hour of just having a time, you know, with Beth, you know, having a chance to process a bit. And so she prepared for that day and it was a real challenge for me. Um, And not not even probably nine months later, I ended up on, um, God really had some plans for me on a new spiritual journey. And um, found myself really feeling more comfortable on a day of solitude and actually extending it. Myself, uh, my time, you know, just with the Lord went really for really, truly a full eight-hour time. And um, and that was before Sacred came along. So when, when um, Joan and Gail started these retreats, I think I came to the first. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I was there, I think, every time for I the first so, yeah. several. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, it really, and the community part for me is really helpful. I, you know, they have the option of a, a silent lunch, which I never did.
3: <laughs> <That was laughs> Basically, surprising,
4: yeah. I always actually really enjoyed that time in the middle of the day to to connect and have some just really deep spiritual conversation with people um, who were all really focused on the same, you know, the same things I was on in, in that time. So, so I've really appreciated the time set apart. So.
0: Mm-hmm
1: yeah so what are some other stories that you like of the people that have come admitted a regular rhythm because of the way you have these space you're inviting people to sign up even if they want to for an entire year of mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. entire year's worth of retreats so that every other month it's on their calendar they've blocked that space they've paid for it, so they show up so what happens? What are some of your favorite stories about what happened? I think the
2: story, this isn't a regular attender, but this is a woman who just came last fall. <clears throat> and she actually just wrote a great blog post, Catherine Pershing, and uh, about how she landed there. She, I think she basically went on the Internet after her psychiatrist actually sat with her and said, I think you need a spiritual experience. And that's what landed her in our room. We didn't know her. And oftentimes we don't know everybody in the room, of course. And she just had an incredible day of meeting with God. She, you know, went out on a walk and actually she saw something nobody had ever seen before at the retreat. And we've been doing these retreats for five years. So figure that's, that's a lot of retreats. That's probably about 60 retreat days. She saw a bald eagle. She saw a bald eagle. Mm. And she came back at the end of the day and shared that with the room. And, you know, so often people come back and they share something and Gail and I kind of giggle because we've seen the deer you know, a million times on the campus, but they're special. I mean, I love how God is so intentional with people and that is what she needed to see that day. But then she came back in community, you know, and shared that. And then she ended up doing, we each meet with people for spiritual direction during the day. And she had met uh, with me actually by chance that day. And just, I mean, it was just this weary soul, you know, who came in and shared and she shares in her blog that. She's like, why did I sign up for spiritual direction? (laughs) I was happy with my bald eagle, you know. (laughs) But then God, you know, spoke to her in that time in some significant ways. And so I just, I love that story and and what
3: she had written. We'll put a link to that blog in the show notes. Mm -hmm. That'll be great. I'd like to tell a story of um, what you mentioned is someone who really has been coming consistently for uh, quite a while, almost probably since close to the beginning. And uh, she would describe to you that at the the very first few times she came, she would always come in uh, frazzled, exhausted, overburdened. She has a a pretty high pressure, deadline-oriented job in ministry. And you know, so that's how she would show up, and it might take her half of the day just to kind of let go of all those things and every single time she would also schedule a spiritual direction uh, session with me and every single time uh, God would meet her in a very um tangible way, a way that she knew it was specifically for her, whether it's something she saw or part of the the meditation or teaching that we did or the Lectio but she would recount to me how he had met her and then as the months and the years went on I still can remember the one time at the end when we have kind of a harvesting time and we can share uh, folks can share whatever they want to about their day Um, she said in that that particular time she said I just want to say that I've been coming here on a regular basis, and I can tell you that it has changed me. And now when I come at the beginning of the day, I can feel my heart and my body, my mind, and my soul just take a deep sigh of relief, and I can enter almost from the beginning expectant, expecting to see God and to be with him. And she said it has changed who I am and how I live my life, which was just a beautiful testimony to um, what God calls us into into solitude.
2: Well, and he's st- with this person in particular, she's starting to crave the rhythm. Mm-hmm. We, she, right. She looks forward yeah, to it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Actually, we, she kind of jokes sometimes too that her husband says, isn't it about time for you to go to that solitude retreat again? <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, but a lot of people don't enter solitude, Willingly, it seems like a lot right. of people have a lot of fear and trepidation.
4: What do you think that's about? Maybe you have some ideas, Lori. Oh, uh, uh, for me, I can say because I I have a lot of experience with that, and I would say that for me, it was um, I was so used to distracting myself um, and didn't realize how much that was keeping me from paying attention to the kinds of things that I was. Feeling um, emotionally, and so to enter into a time of solitude, I, I really didn't have a lot of experience. Um, especially going back to that time, probably about you know nine or ten years ago, I had no experience of really being in the quiet with nothing to do and um, to just sit and listen. I, I just I wouldn't have even known what to do with that time. Um, so I think it's a lot about that, just what might be stirring that people aren't used to having to pay attention to.
1: Well, I I think that. There's a, there's a, there, there's a reason we distract ourselves. There's yeah. a reason we numb ourselves. And once you do silence, then, then there's this, Oh my gosh, that's going to come to the surface. You know, like, right. I know it's lurking in there yeah. and it's not just settling in there. It's lurking. Right. <laughs> it's like, there's this piece that, that we're afraid of it. That's why we numb it. That's why we stuff it. That's why. We do these things. And so to create space for that to possibly bubble to the surface (laughs) Mm -hmm. can feel extremely um, intimidating. Yeah. Well, and then there's the fact of wondering,
2: am I going to hear anything? Right. Is God going to say anything, or is it just going to be those voices even louder because right. it's quiet that are in my head already?
1: Will God show up for me? Will mm-hmm.
2: God show up for me?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And so He will for other people, but yeah, maybe it, not for in me. In this room of twenty-five, I'm sure you know at least twenty-three of them are going to is is what might be going through their head, and I can mm-hmm. I can identify with that.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And so we always start the retreat with two things because we know people are coming in with those preconceived you know, ideas about what's going to happen or what's not going to happen and the fear that goes around those. And they've come in with expectations of I'm going to solve this problem and I'm going to have this, read this book, and I'm going to, you know, know what God Mm -hmm. says about this. And so we kind of started by just, we always started by saying, you know, there's two things, two things we can guarantee. And one of them is that God is present in this place. It's, it's a given. Gail and I didn't have anything to do with it. It has no nothing to do with how we have set the table or set the room. God is here already. You can guarantee that, and you can guarantee that you're loved, and he has some unique expression of his love for you today. I don't know what it is. That's what we're going
3: to be expecting about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the other piece of it is to invite them. I mean, literally in the same breath, we say um, uh, you just need to know there's one role in our um, retreats and that is that you do not have to produce anything and you usually can kind of hear some sighing <laughs> going on in the room because that's not most people's experience when they come to any kind of retreat or any kind of workshop or conferences it's, it's it's all about producing and to be able to be released from that and then be expectant that's the other thing we invite them is lay down your expectations instead just be expectant that god will meet you be open be open
1: and i mean i even there's a homeless shelter that that tom and i um volunteer at once a month and from time to time i teach the message after we serve breakfast and um last time i taught i just invited people to do the palms up palms down exercise Mm -hmm. and um We'll talk. Actually, we have a meditation on that in the Patreon uh, section, which I'll, you can hear about later in the episode. But the, the idea of just putting down, recognizing what you're holding, giving it to God and being open, being open and expectant. And I probably did that for about, it was like a five minute thing and it impacted people so tremendously. Mm just in five minutes, Mm -hmm. just in five minutes. And like, oh my gosh, what would happen if I did that every day? What if I did that for longer was the curiosity that came out of it. And part of this is who do we think God is? Do we believe he's love? Do we believe he's he's vengeful? Do we believe he's angry with us? Do we believe um, all these things that if we believe God's love, then we can be open. But if we don't start there, it's, it's really hard to put yourself in a place where God might be able to get to you. Mm-hmm. Not realizing that, I mean, already God is closer to us than the air we breathe. He's not just in the place. He's in me. He's in you. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, he's always present. Now, whether or not we recognize that is a whole other story, but this extended time, I, I'm interested in you telling a little bit about how you set it up because you give people some really nice on-ramps to entering the solitude. So tell us how you set up the day. So the beginning of the day, is it really there's
2: about an hour in the beginning and an hour at the end that are in community, and the rest mm-hmm. is really up to you on your own. We've got some guided experiences in the middle of the day. We do spiritual direction for optional During the middle of the day, but the preparation hour or so is very, very important. It it really is about them kind of slowing down. You know, it's kind of like when you're, you know, in your car and you slam on the brakes and all the stuff from the back, right? (laughs) Seat starts rolling forward because you've slammed them on so hard. And we're like, let's not do that today. (laughs) Let's just kind of slowly put on the brakes. And so we do some guided meditation, similar to what you just described, Sharon, of some slowing. We sit with a piece of scripture. Um, we have, um, we talk about the expectations for the day. We talk about what might be um, rolling through their heads and give them a space for them to just kind of let some of those, right, even write some of those things down as an offering to God. Um, and then, um, We'll have a short bit of teaching around the theme every time there's a different theme. And then we'll sit with a piece of scripture and just slowly read it, not just from our heads, but from our hearts. And then oftentimes we'll end with a song before we move them out. So you can see that there's just kind of this, you know, letting the, uh, Ruth Haley Barton talks about the jar of river water all shook up. We're just kind of letting the sediment slow down a bit so you can be with God. So that first hour is really important. Mm Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Now, the jar of river water all shook up. Say a few more words about what happens when you keep it shook up or let it settle. So
2: actually what happened with Ruth, and she uses this in in one of her books, but she talks about how she went to her own spiritual director and she said, her director, I think, told her essentially, Ruth, you're like that river water that's all shook up. And sometimes we will actually have a jar of river water at the beginning of the the day and shake it up and set it on the, you know, the front uh, podium. And then throughout the day, like they're actually watching it and seeing it settle out and by, you know, four o'clock, like. Most of the sand and the mud sediment all has slowed down, and that really Seems is a description gone. of what's going on Which inside their soul.
1: Clear water at mm-hmm. the top,
2: yeah. Clear water at the top, yeah.
1: To to gain the kind of clarity we seek. I mean, mm-hmm. because so many times people um, are. Uh, Confused. Mm -hmm. It's muddled. It's, I don't know what to do. I'm not sure of direction. I'm, and that's the kind of thing that people come in to listen to my life with as well. And that's why we weave spiritual practices throughout the life, the life mapping piece as well, because we need to be able to settle ourselves in order to be able to see clearly. And I think that the gift that you give in the midst of this, just just creating the space and the, and the invitation, um, for people to enter in. And, and over time, wouldn't you say that, that your trust in the Holy Spirit increases over oh, time? Oh, most definitely. By most definitely. Watching.
3: We have watched how he, he shows up every time and, I always, you know, at the beginning, I used to say this is the best gig ever. We just create a space, and we know that the guest of honor is going to be here. We never doubt whether he's going to show up or whether he's going to be late or whether he has anything for people or they're going to like him. We never worry about that piece of of what we do. We simply create the space so that that he can meet with them, and and, uh, we've also described it as – uh, being able to, we're kind of standing on the big front porch with a, you know, glass of tea and inviting people up and onto the porch and saying, welcome, come on in. And he's waiting for you inside. He's waiting just for you. And to be able to hand them their tea and step aside and let let them go in and meet with Jesus. Mm-hmm. And um, that's really, we have seen that happen in so many ways, in different ways for each person that comes yeah I think one of the things that uh,
1: it, it reminds me of of another episode in my life where I was I had experienced God so personally and so profoundly, and then other people were telling of their experience of God it was like, oh my gosh, I thought I was kind of his full-time job <laughs> <You know? laughs> <laughs> and it's like how could he possibly do what he did in my life and still have time for all you? <laughs> you <know? laughs> and that that God is big enough and present enough and there's love enough to go around and and attention enough to be so incredibly personal and winsome and inviting and he his character is is love. Mm-hmm. And his best intentions toward us underneath all this. So we don't need to be afraid of entering into these places of self reflection and mm-hmm. God reflection in the midst of it all. What closing words would you have for us? What, what, what words of encouragement would you have, um, for our listeners to go ahead and find places of solitude? Cause it's not normal what you two do with, with my life is sacred. By the way, the website is mylifeissacred.com. Um so you can check out what they do. But the idea of of people getting getting ready, what words of advice?
2: You know, I'm not going to give advice. I'm just going to read a piece of scripture cuz I think it's important mm-hmm. and we really based sacred on this piece of scripture Matthew 11:28 to 30 from the message version. And I love it because as you listen to it, listen how God really um here's uh, your, your state of your soul. And he says, I have a way if you want to follow me and I have some promises. So here's, it says, are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me, get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest, walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and
1: lightly. That's beautiful. Thank you. Say a few more words about how people can get in touch with you and find out more.
2: Well, obviously they can go to the website, mylifeissacred.com. They can send us an email at info at com. And we would love to have a conversation about how you individually might engage in this, or we might, we also go out and do retreats at other people's locations. So,
3: yeah. And, Mm -hmm. uh, and church staffs hire you to do small groups show up. We've had church uh, individuals, church staffs that um, have wanted to spend time together and do this apart on their own. Um, So really, we're just open to whatever way we can invite people to experience solitude and be present, not not just alone, but alone with God.
1: Yes. And so,
3: by the way, we never said where you do this. Mm, we do it at a beautiful campus in Mundelein, Illinois, and it is uh, University of St. Mary of the Lake And it is um, a gorgeous piece of property uh, that has a lake on it and a three mile walk around the lake. And so you get to be out in creation and it has some beautiful uh, buildings and a library and chapels that you can uh, spend time inside if you need a place to go. Um, And it just literally, we always say that when we come to it, we enter the big iron gates. And as you go under it in your car, and we start driving five miles an hour (laughs) on the little windy road, (laughs) that your whole demeanor changes, your heartbeat slows down, your breathing relaxes, and you just feel the invitation from God to be present with him. And plenty of nature to Oh yes. You usually have to stop for the deer who who pretty much know that you're the visitor and they, mm-hmm. they belong there. They own the place. Yes, yes they, they do own, own the place. And, yes, and and beautiful little
1: treasures tucked back into the woods. Um there's a huge statue of Gabriel uh mm-hmm. in in the tucked back in the woods that I came upon one day on a walk out there. And it's just such a stunningly beautiful place Mm -hmm. so yeah it's it's in the Chicago suburbs if you don't know where Bundleline Illinois is and so I'd, I'd really encourage you to uh to check them out check it out and um we'll have Gail back again soon and of course um Joan and Lori thank you so much as well for being here and being a constant uh piece of all of what we do
4: so say goodbye everybody Lori. bye thanks to, for being with everyone
1: bye bye have a great day and give solitude a chance bye-bye
0: have you thought i don't know myself anymore have you wondered is there something more are you at a crossroads in life and asking which way will lead me toward expressing more of who i am made to be Are you looking for a way to understand the restlessness you feel inside? Are you seeking a deeper spiritual life and desire to rediscover who you are through God's eyes? If you've wondered any of these things before, you're ready for the life mapping experience of Listen to My Life. Go to onelifemaps.com to purchase your portfolio of visual life maps. While you're there, check out our upcoming virtual coaching groups, live workshops, and options for you to facilitate the Listen to My Life experience with others. That's onelifemaps.com. O N E L I F E M A P S.com.